B&H Guild. Here we are again, B&H Guild. So that is um, B. That's me. Beth and H. That's me, Howard. Just a few minutes of anything which has made us smile. You won't find anything miserable here. If you're looking for misery, you're looking for politics, you're looking for something grumpy or all the things that have gone wrong in life, turn off now. You're not going to find it here. All we're looking at here is something that's made us chuckle, smile, or perhaps celebrate the golden side of life. TT, you're, you're revving it up on TT then? I am. I am like the work experience girl in Park Ferme at the moment. So um, it's been such a great experience over the past couple of days. Chris Kinley is phenomenal with everything that he knows about bikes. I've He's a natural smiler. <laughs> I've picked up a couple of things. Uh, sidecars have three wheels. Good and, start. Good start. Um, the other bikes have two. But no, it's been great, actually. And I think you just... The adrenaline is palpable. You know, you go down there at a certain time and everybody's getting ready and you can just feel it in the air. There's just so much anticipation and whatever. Um, and I can see how it'd be addictive. I still don't have any inclination to go down Bray Hill at the speed that they do. But honestly, just sitting on the sidelines is, well, that's enough. It is enough. And I was also down Balown as well. Have you ever been down and watched the... You know, I've never watched them down there. Everyone says it's great. I keep thinking, I'll go along one time. I think I might have seen one bike go past a corner. That's about it. Do you know what? Absolutely, you need to do it. Because not only are the bikes great to watch, but the community there, the Southern 100 Club who put this together, they are just brilliant. They are so warm and welcoming. The food is amazing. And it's just, that's what makes it down there, I think, as much as it's fantastic seeing these bikes and these old classic bikes and, and hearing them roar past. Just the people who make that happen are so brilliant. So, yeah, you need to go down and see them. I'll go and do any. I will go and check that out, as they say. Any smiling things? Any making major chuckle this week, then? Well, um... In news, TT or otherwise? <laughs> Do you know, I, I think I've just had my head so much in TT stuff. The only thing that made me laugh yesterday was a bit of a... Oh, uh, it was... what You know, one of those things. Uh, if you've ever listened to me doing any sort of broadcast, you know, sometimes what I say is not necessarily how I thought it was going to come out. So I was interviewing one of the Sidegar guys, John Holden, last night. But he was, he was holding his crash helmet. As you do. And doing something weird with it, with his mouth. So... Really? Yeah. So I asked him what he was doing with his helmet, Don't and he gave me, me a very the visor. <laughs> gave me a very rude reply. And I on just, air. Yeah, on air. Yeah, and I just thought, oh, here we go. Oh, we can dig this out then. What time is that then? Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to tell you. Sometime around eight-ish. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that was probably my highlight. And I just thought this is going to happen so much, isn't it? I've been so careful not to talk about you know the big throbbing machine between your legs or anything like that, and then I failed at the first hurdle. So yeah. So John Holden was licking his helmet. Best trying to grab uh, John Holden with uh, with um, with Jen. See how John is. He's always chilled. You'll get a nice chilled conversation. Beth Espy with John Holden. John Holden, I wasn't sure what you were doing with your helmet there. Just if that's not a weird job. thing to say. Good job on my helmet. <laughs> Sorry, I would just okay, hi. Steaming <laughs> right, moving on. Uh, I tell you, what, we've just been talking about cats. I was talking about obviously keeping cats safe during TT and such like. We're looking at Nula, your wonderful cat here, who was very happy and smiling away, as much as cats smile inside, safe and sound. And uh, I saw this one in the news the other day. A cat has been reunited with his owner after being discovered on an offshore oil rig five years after he went missing. 
How did I mean, you get there? Isn't that a great story? Yeah, the adventurous cat was found in a shipping container by bamboozled workers, not surprisingly, on the oil rig, and flown back to the Scottish mainland by a helicopter on Friday. He was microchipped, as it turned out, so it was great. So the staff from the Scottish SPCA found his true identity. He was called something like One-Eyed Joe. He was called One-Eyed Joe. There's more, there's more sniggering in there somewhere, really, isn't there? One-Eyed Joe, yeah. Uh, his real name was Dexter. And, uh, yes, he'd been living as a stray around Peterhead Prison in Aberdeenshire for several years. Uh, the prison staff had called him One-Eyed Joe. They kept him fed and watered. Uh, but the Scottish SPCA said they've got no idea how they ended up in the container. So I assume he's just been, he's been astray. Someone's fed him. They've adopted him. He's lost his way. And at some stage, he's found his way into a shipping container by mistake. And then, of course, once the door was closed, that was it. Happily, it was opened again a few, you know, a day or two later. And all was good, but a great story. Oh, I love these cat reunion stories. Actually, one of um, the guys that work at Manx Radio, Ruby, in our HR department, her cat went missing for months and then turned up. And it's just that, that feeling, I think, when you think, oh, my gosh, they've gone forever. And then getting that phone call to say, I think we found him. That must just be amazing. There was another headline I spotted quite recently, which... Um, it was just the headline, really. It just makes you smile. It's something you think is straight out of Monty Python or, uh, I don't know, the day-to-day or something. And it was a nine-year-old boy discovers puma in school toilet cubicle. <laughs> <laughs> it was in Brazil, so I suppose they have pumas in Brazil. But I just rather like that. Um, there's one I did see a video of. Uh, a 46-year-old man uh, is seen walking into a shop with a crutch before taking a pair of cutting tools, uh, cutting a crossbow from its security tagging and shoving it down his trousers. I'm walking out. Do you know, I can't remember who it was who told me this, but somebody, it might have been when, oh gosh, who was it? Can't remember. Anyway, I probably shouldn't say it actually because it's about shoplifting. But it's why apparently some people took their trousers into their shoes so they can chuck stuff down their trousers and it doesn't fall out. Top tip there. No, shouldn't say that. No, no, don't say that. Don't say that. Take that out again. No, we're not doing that. Do not do that. And if you do tweak your trousers in and you're not a shoplifter, we would keep your hands up. (laughs) But I've seen the video and you just think, I mean, obviously a crossbow down the front of your trousers is slightly obvious. And it does, I mean, it does just look ridiculous. But no one noticed. He walked out the shop. He was arrested later on. But somewhere or other, he got out of the shop with everyone thinking, Yep, that's a perfectly ordinary pair of trousers. <laughs> There's something sticking out two foot either side. Maybe they just thought he was well endowed or something. I don't know. Great story. I enjoyed that. Uh, here's a final one I just spotted in the quirky news from around the world. A former priest um, has become a porn star at the age of 83. Um, <laughs> this is your aspiration, is it? Well, I'm, I'm working towards this. He's described sex with strangers on camera as absolutely delightful. Uh, Norm Self said he made what he's described as an unorthodox career move from priesthood to Pornhub. <laughs> I do rather like that. Um, it is TT week, fast food. So we're talking about food and food that makes you smile. What's what's your favourite slut food? What did you just say? Well, no, not just you. I mean, you know. What? <laughs> okay, right. Well, it's it's a tricky one. I think I've mentioned chips before, um, but it's got to be like dirty fries. There are some great dirty fries. Yeah, that one's some... like what you get out of the bin. No. So you pile all sorts of stuff on them. So you can have like chilli on them or you can have just all, yeah, just loads of different stuff. Um, and then a bit of mayonnaise on the side again. Oh, And there's some great vans up around the TT paddock and they've got a wild selection of uh, chips. And every single time, because I still can't eat before I go on air in the, in, um, in the evening at the moment. Um, 
as soon as we finish, I am absolutely starving. So there's so many of those trucks up around there. So yeah, it's like chips, cheese and gravy, but with not oh, yeah, the so gravy and cheese. Chips and gravy is a good one. But yeah, you can have chilli on it. You could have like, I don't know, sliced beetroot, anything, anything on fries. So you're, you're good with this. So chips, cheese and gravy is, that's up for you, is it? It's not dog food. I, I don't mind chips, cheese and gravy. I couldn't eat a whole large portion of it, though, because it's a little bit heavy. Yeah, and we do there. Very unpleasant indeed. Um, I'm trying to think what mine would be. I do quite like just straight chips, you know. I just think real or chips and peas, chips and mushy peas, mushy mm. peas. That's probably the uh, the great delight of fast food. Mushy peas with chips, which in this part of the world, but not other parts of the world, is called the split. Is it? Yeah. Split peas. Yeah, I assume so. Yeah, but you go into the into the uh, the old chip, you can say split, please, not split, please, split, please, and you get chips and peas. If I try that and something nasty happens, yeah. I'm going to blame you. Go and do it. I don't know what works in the dirty food wagons or whatever. Have you got a sunny smile? Well, again, it's TT related. I don't want to be a TT bore, but, you know, I am involved yeah. in the yeah, TT. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, Joe, for me, there's two, actually. First of all, Nathan Harrison, who is a local rider. He was the double MGP winner from 2019, and he's just setting out on his TT career this time. And his smile when he realised how quickly he'd gone the other day was just amazing. And there's also another newcomer called Milo Ward, who we spoke to last night, and he was just buzzing. I've never seen such elation coming from somebody who's just hurled themselves around the mountain course at uh, top speed. So they were my sunny smiles this week. And I'll stay with the TT one as well. And every time I see... Peter Hickman being interviewed, he always seems oh, to be, hey, he seems to be like, yeah, so yeah, lovely. just going around the course at 130, yeah. Well, it's, yeah, quite all right. And he just um, just always seems to be sort of smiling away. He's really relaxed. I'm going to try and channel my inner Peter Hickman. There's a thought. <laughs> uh, i th- that as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's leave us with a, a nice upbeat tune that can be TT orientated or not, as the case may be. A nice tune that makes you smile at this okay, time of the year, um, something that gets you going for your TT as you slip into your leathers. Do you, you know, got any leathers? Um, I was given a leather jacket. It's a faux leather jacket. I wouldn't dare wear it, though, because even I'm not quite ready to try and pretend I'm a biker chick yet. I've got some black boots, that's about it. The only one I can think of is Kellis and Milkshake. Right. That's a, that is a song, not a drink. Yeah. I don't know why. Kellis and Milkshake. Yeah. Well, here it is then.
touch if you're smart. La, 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 la. 